And we're back. Oh, hi. What's up, Corey? How's it going, Adam? Fantastic. I'm just, I'm glad it's raining. You like the rain, don't you? We've had many conversations about yeah. rain and mood. Lorraine's a cool chick. Not Lorraine. The rain. My comedy sidekick. Broken City Podcast took a little bit of a hiatus on Kinda. accident. Kind of. Why? Tell them why. Um, life, man. Bro, life happens. Gets in the way. You make plans and life happens. It's a John Lennon quote, isn't it? Is it? Life is what happens while you're making plans. I didn't know that was a John Lennon quote. Eh, I'm not sure either. <laughs> Let's just say it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could have been John Candy. <laughs> Those aren't pillows. That's his quote. Those um, aren't pillows. Uh, but the rain, like, you've always yeah. told me that... Uh, that's that's a that's your creative headspace. Mm-hmm. Rainy days. I think it has to do with what the colors it brings out in the world, mm. and then also, it's sm- there's a certain smell. Even like asphalt smells good in the rain. It's true. Like it, Everything looks cleaner and <clears throat> washed washed away. Yeah, it cleans the air out because it's basically just like a shower for the sky, <laughs> and then <laughs> for everything else, makes bring gets the dust off all the leaves, all the smog. And then the other thing is, is the air is just so empty and boring unless you have a microscope. But when the rain's there, Mm -hmm. look at all this stuff happening in the air. Mm -hmm. It creates just a mood. I love it. It's snowing in Julian, too. I bet. I got to get chains for the car so we don't die again. Yeah, man, it's been raining like crazy around here. Last time I had to park my car like a mile away and just leave it there. Really? (laughs) (laughs) We were just like... I was sliding around, but, but the SUV, we, or my mom, <laughs> my wife's car. That was weird. Oh, are you that Freudian? Yeah, that's weird. Uh, <clears throat> we'll, we'll edit that out. That's a little, I little pictured strange. my mom's SUV. That's why. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Dang it. Did you marry your mom? <laughs> I don't, in some sense. And I think <laughs> it goes the opposite. You marry your dad. Oh. Character, I don't know. Like, it's it's deep. You marry whatever, whatever needed to be fixed. Mm-hmm. You... You marry into somebody who has some of those traits, but in a in an equal power relationship, as opposed to parent child. Mm-hmm. So whatever the injury, whatever injuries you have as a kid, you marry somebody where those similar issues are there. But now it's you like can work a, them out. You can work them level out. playing field. That that makes more sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't matter which parent. I don't think, at least for that part, <clears throat> it doesn't matter which one. Yeah, I had a. What was it called? Intro to Intro to Freud. It's like a small book that had big ideas in it. Just like all the like the bullet points. Yeah. So now you're an expert. And I forgot half of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm an expert on half baked Freud Freudian ideas. That makes sense to me. Let's talk about the Grammys. Yeah, that's what we're here for. With our coffee. Oh yeah. Cheers. Modern Times new sponsor for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hit us up. No Storyville. This is just we're just trying this out. Oh whoops. Wrong coffee brand. We want Storyville. Um, so today's the Grammys. Today is the Grammys, but when you're hearing this, it'll be yesterday or the day before it was the Grammys. Right. Um, so we're not going to talk about who won or what happened, but what's up with art competitions? Mm-hmm. Whether it's the Grammys, the Oscars, the Tony, the Danzas, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Is there a dances? Have you ever done not obviously not those, but have you ever taken part in a um, music competition of with your own stuff? 
Yeah. Why did you assume I didn't wasn't in the Grammys before? <laughs> yeah, there was a I was nominated for an LA Music Award. Oh yeah. And then well, yeah, all, all my like marching arts stuff. I come from that background. Okay. And they call that sport of the arts. Well, that's more of a. That's it doesn't almost, count. But that yeah, but that kind of <laughs> stuff almost makes more sense to have competition, doesn't it? It does. But there's the, so much theatrical stuff going on in the shows, and yeah, but all the same issues are at play. Like you've right, you're judging art. In you've a weird created way. something that has value unto itself. That, from one perspective maybe comparing it to something else that should have a value of its own not relative to anything else and then you're mm -hmm. saying like which one's better yeah that's where it gets squirrely it's like who's better mariah carey or whitney houston <laughs> and so you ask just like any anything else not to not to slam the grammys or whatever right away because it's great to anything that puts a spotlight on Grand artists slam. you know what i'm saying is a good thing but the more you th the more you think about it, the weirder it is, you know. Yep. We were just talking about. I've always kind of thought of the Grammys or any of those big awards shows, whether it's movies, you know, Oscars or yeah, uh, what's the other one? What's the TV one? The Golden Globes. Golden Globes. That's right. movies and TV. I just always looked at it like a bunch of commercials for those movies and TV shows because all all it just it's like a great PR thing for those when when the when the um. Which is, There's a healthy amount of politics, man. I mean, you, right. if you live in L.A. or you ever go to Hollywood during the time of year, it's like billboard that costs whatever, $10,000 a day or more. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much this costs, but it's probably at least that. Um, for your consideration, they're oh, just right. trying to like, you know, for people who drive by who are on the the, the voting board for whatever right. competition it is, it just puts it in your head. There's all these kind of this lobbying that goes on. Sure. Sure. And and then, you know, everybody has to see all the movies that are nominated. Right. You know, I, and every year there's always like people say, oh, no, there's always one movie that no one ever has heard of, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, it seems like. And then everyone has to see that movie before the before the show. So you know what you're rooting for or whatever it is. Yeah. It's really like a sport, right? You're, this was my favorite movie of the year and you want it to win, you mm -hmm. know, and you might like one of the actors or one of the artists or something, and so you're rooting for them. Yep. Kind of taps into the same thing that a that a. And sometimes it can be awesome for movies that maybe... Sure. ...haven't gotten a lot of marketing or something, but then mm -hmm. the right people see it or the right people produced it, and they kind of shine an extra light on it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think... It's a movie that was like that. I'm not 100% sure, but I remember there was a lot of at least talk... Um, if not a nomination for Jennifer Aniston in that movie, The Good Girl. Mm -hmm. And that was like a pretty like indie, slightly lower budget movie. Jake Gyllenhaal was in it. And then there was like, oh, there's Oscar buzz around her performance in this movie because mm -hmm. it's very against type back then, you know, for her, for uh, her yeah. friend's character. And that's one of my favorite dark comedies. Is it? That's the one where she works in a grocery store? Yeah. And then Jake Gyllenhaal is like obsessed with Catcher in the Rye, and it just the movie just gets darker and darker, and it's super funny. Mm -hmm. John C. Riley's in it too; he's a pothead. Oh. Huh. <clears throat> but anyway, the whole uh, the whole concept, bringing it to like the world of the Grammys, 
That's why I think there there's a thing like the whole like it's just a you know I'm just honored to be nominated. Mm-hmm. That to me, even though it's like a huge cliche, that that to me is like where it should stop almost. There shouldn't be a shouldn't winner. Shouldn't be a winner. Yeah, you should just nominate. But we have to. We have you to. You could maybe it. narrow it down. Yeah, we have to. We as have a to have a winner. Yeah, it would be chaos in the streets. One year the Grammys are just like they just tell you when it starts. This year nobody wins. <laughs> Everyone gets a trophy. Everybody be like. I hate the Grammys. That's I'm not sad. as bad as like every like when third graders in soccer and everybody gets a trophy. It's kind That's of different. Yeah. If you're but if you're picking like here's the top five rock records of the year. Oh well, that would mean everybody would cool. gets a trophy that's ever put a record out that year. <laughs> right. Everybody wins. It's not that. But the other idea of there not being a winner, or it, it maybe it should be. It'd be cool if it was a little closer to a blend of American Idol and the Grammys. So they pick five, like the aso- the people who are members of the Grammys Association or whatever it is, mm-hmm. which I <clears throat> I have had a chance to join that, and I just it just seemed like a lot of work. A lot of work. <laughs> and then yeah. and also this, I always had this feeling about it being the competition, art competition, being weird, but it didn't mean that there's a part of me that didn't want a Grammy. Like you want it still because it's oh, it sure. means a lot of things. It's not just yeah, you're just being recognized by your peers and your whatever. And it's also you get that attached to your name forever. So now you're yeah. a Grammy winning this or that, right? But prefix, yeah. Um, where was I going with that? They asked you to do it one time. I actually did one, not the Grammys, but uh, Temecula Valley Music Awards. Yeah, who, <laughs> same thing. Tim Moyer, yeah. Started and he was like, "Hey, do you want to be a judge?" And I was, at first, I was like, "No, I don't want to judge yep. other independent artists. Like, who am I to say who, who wins the thing?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, it's just it's just a thing to you know." He kind of explained. He kind of lifts up all the local talent, and of course, yeah. it's great. And then they had a ceremony, just like the L.A. Music Awards, or Orange County Music Awards, and stuff like that. And I was like, "Oh, dude, for sure, I'll." I'll, I'll I'd love to, because then I get to hear all these these artists, and it was it was fun. But there was sometimes it was like, obviously this person has a little more experience writing and recording their songs. This person's a little newer. You can kind of tell like who the who has more of that going on. But then sometimes it's like, well, it's just a matter of taste, you know. Yeah. Am I going to say who wins this thing? So I guess you're hitting on you're hitting on the core of it, which is where the subjectivity of art meets the objectivity of quality. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's where the thing is. Because in a way, maybe the the purest definition of what the Grammys or Oscars are trying to do is to say, all these people made subjective things. Mm. Which one is objectively the best? And it makes me think about, um, you know, what Jordan Peterson talks a lot about, about archetypes. Mm-hmm. So you're like making this subjective work of art it's super unique, feels really, I don't know, poignant in some way or something, like emotionally rich and art, artful. And then it somehow connects to some archetypal thing about life, you that know? everybody kind of resonates with. That everybody resonates with, and that's the thing that wins or something. That's the thing that should win is the thing that's like... Right. That's risen above and become greater than the sum of its parts. And like, mm-hmm. I think of... When it comes to films, I think of that magic couple years in the 90s where you had Braveheart, mm. Shawshank Redemption, Forrest Gump, 
Pulp Fiction, all mm-hmm. within the same two years. Were they really? Yeah. Whoa. Why was that? I, I believe it was 93 and 94. They could be a year <clears throat> off with that. <clears throat> and well, I have theories about what, what made the 90s special, but... It's a lot I, of things, I'm right? biased, but I think it has to do with with technology meeting culture. Right. And where society was at in this country or whatever at the time. All that stuff. Politics, society, culture, and technology all coming together to this sweet spot where in order to make something great, you couldn't just cut corners Mm. in ways that you can now with like you could just decide if you need somebody to like if a bomb hits and you need somebody to fly across over there, you can just go, we'll do that in post. Mm-hmm. Whereas back then it was more like, no, we need to figure out how to get a stunt man to fly in the air. Yeah. You had to do it on, you had to do more things on camera and make it real. Whereas now you can just be like, ah, forget it. Green right. screen it. Yeah. So. But yet not, everybody notices that still. You notice it. Yeah. And you, you, anybody will tell you that like, oh, that was a great movie. It's too much CGI. You hear that right. all the time. So all the Star Wars movies, like a lot of the newer ones, people yep. complain because there's too much CGI. Like you just can feel it, you know? yep. And then there are people who use it within its margin of can't notice it. Mm-hmm. And you know who did that amazingly is Robert Zemeckis, who you know that's that's, that's Back to the Future, Forrest Gump, mm. um, Contact. He's made some some of the iconic movies, right? So Forrest Gump was the one, you know, like they put him into all those black white black and white scenes mm-hmm. with the president and like mm-hmm. into famous all that was like yeah. technically CGI used in a like or Lieutenant Dan not having one leg. Yeah, that was amazing. That was all CGI. I just remember when he's sitting at the whatever show with next to John Lennon. Remember? <laughs> and they had it they made it seamless almost to where was a real conversation that happened and they just inserted Forrest Gump into it somehow. <laughs> so great. I was like, I remember watching that going, huh, what? I'm so confused. My brain so couldn't great. make it work. And when I saw that too, I didn't really, I got it on the surface level and then when I saw it later in life, I was like, oh, they're saying that Forrest Gump inspired the song Imagine. Oh, that's where it was. Yeah, yeah. He's like, Imagine religion this. too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, hmm, good idea, Forrest. <laughs> Some kind of fruit company or something. <laughs> <laughs> Apple computers. Apple, yeah. It's a good investment. So what what do you think about the competition of music reconciling <clears throat> that? I mean, because you're, you're right. I mean, there is, on some level, there's an objective way to look at judging art, I guess. Hmm. Just always feels so dirty. Yeah. What... I mean, what aspect of it? There's so many aspects of it. That's the thing. There's, in the end, I feel like there there was probably a sweet spot in the history of the Grammys, too. Mm. But it seems like more and more, it seems like it's a commercial. Like you said, it's very much about... um, So many people need to be pleased through it. That's the political aspect. Mm. Like they're looking to create a show that people watch, right? Sure. And so what makes it watchable is if there are superstars, you know, live on screen doing things. So that that affects like who they get presenting and then who they have play. Mm-hmm. And then Perform it also that. affects which awards get televised and which ones are done 
before right. like just now we were online going like let's do a little research on the grammys before we talk about it and it was like all these these awards that have been given out before the the live broadcast yeah. and it was like oh that's a lot of like the cool artists <laughs> it's like oh beck won something and he doesn't yeah. get to be on tv because he's not famous enough or like broadly known. he's not real i don't know yeah i guess i don't know how that works oh that's why they totally do it it's like if you win like a sound design award for some movie oh yeah they're not putting you on screen you're boring and nobody's ever heard of you yeah i think there's a part of the show where they they mention so they just a bunch of they just list a bunch of people and so and so won this for best lighting rig and blah 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 and yeah you just like gloss right over it really quick because it's <laughs> yeah, not going to get right. ratings there's always a like section a ticker tape on the long yeah the bottom. yeah like you're watching cnn it's just going hmm, this guy yeah, and yeah. then obviously the ones that most people care about end up on TV. And here's the thing. I don't know enough about this to talk about it, but that doesn't stop me from talking about it. Why would it? Which is the um, the whole hullabaloo. I've never said that in a sentence before. That's a, that's a silly word. Yeah. Shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, with Ariana Grande. Which is what? My understanding is that a few days ago... The Grammys asked her to do something for her performance. Like she was locked in to perform. Mm -hmm. They asked her to do something for perform for her performance that she didn't want to do, or she wanted to do something that they wouldn't let her do. I can't remember which. Oh wow! And they wouldn't budge, and so she said, "See ya." Oh, so she's not doing it. So she just said, "I don't need that." Wow. So she's at a level where, right? Apparently, artistically. She's like, I'm going to choose what I want. I don't even know if, how artistic the choice was. It could have just been ego. I don't really know. But she just decided, rather than do something I don't want to do, I'll just not be on the Grammys, which wow. is a huge thing not to do. Right. I wonder how many times that's happened in the past. I know. People have just been like, peace. Right. I'm out. I don't know. But that's they're making a, a big a deal move. out of it. That's a mic drop move right there. It is, and I wonder what the inside scoop is. Like, did they, you know, her team all got together, mm -hmm. attorneys, like, can they sue us if we do this? Mm -hmm. And then managers, what's this going to mean for your career? Mm -hmm. And in the end, it's like, oh, this pretty, petite girl says, screw you, Grammys. That's going to be better press than if you were on the Grammys. Totally. Right? Totally. In terms of woman empowerment and like, you can't tell me what to do, big corporation. Right, yeah, that makes you think if it was orchestrated. You know. I know. Conspiracy yeah. theories. Who knows? I don't know. But, but the performances are really all you're kind of watching for, right? Does anybody really care who wins best album of the year? I mean, I it's like cool. we used to care, kind of. Or it depends who you are or what album it is, but... There's also an element to modern-day Grammys where it's like if you want to know, you can just look it up the next day used to be like you had to watch the show. Yeah, you just wait till it's on YouTube and then look at Yeah, you can watch the whole thing later or whatever. <clears throat> I don't know. I wonder if... That'd be an interesting question or study. You know, millennials, do they watch the Grammys? Is that a thing? Or, you know, do people Apparently the ratings there? are just like... Are they really? And there's there's been some funny stuff. One little thing about the Ariana Grande that I didn't want to miss putting in is that I believe she wanted to use it as a marketing campaign for her new single. Which isn't a part of the... Which happens all the time, right? Like, you, you watch the Grammys and you're like, why aren't they singing the song the they're getting nominated for? Yeah. And they're singing, like, the new single because it's the best promotional moment ever. Yeah, I might as well take advantage of it. Do you remember back in the 90s again? I remember when Pearl Jam, their first album was the only thing that was out. And this was, like, MTV Music Awards when they used to have that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they came out and they played a song from their record that wasn't out yet. They played Animal. I think it's called Animal. But, and, but it worked because I remember going, this song's amazing. You, we, nobody had ever heard it before. Yep. And that was the one song they chose to play on this award show, which obviously they were being, you know, awarded for their previous record, their first record, mm-hmm. which was huge. I remember going to school the next day, going to junior high, and everybody was talking about that new song that Pearl Jam played last night on the MTV Music Awards. It was awesome. I'll never, I can totally remember it still. It works. That's it why works. people do it. Yeah. But that wouldn't happen today. But it's annoying know? to the fanboys or girls that just want or want girls. the hits. <laughs> or girls or... Sai catches up there. Gender neutrals. Don't want to get in trouble. Um, you don't really hear a fangirl as much, do you? Anyways. I mean, what would you want to do if you were nominated? Graminated for a nami? <laughs> If I was graminated, what would I be graminated for? The song you wrote that's so great. The the pretend (laughs) song that I never wrote. But it came out like 10 months ago, and now you have a new song. Yeah, you'd totally want to do the new thing, of course. Yeah, you'd think. But that's not the point of the Grammys. Uh -uh. The point of the Grammys is that our friend Jules is playing drums on the opening song. I might watch opening song? I think it's the opening number. Ooh, it's a number. Is it with again? I'm going to watch it this time because our friend's on it. Can't wait to see it. Who's the artist? Latin. He's playing with Camilla Cabela. Yeah. Did I say that right? Jules Rodriguez. I don't know. Shout I think out so. to Jules. He's playing the Cerdo, I think. What's that? Which is like a, I believe it's a Brazilian oh, or at okay. least Afro Cuban tom. It's like a long tom. Long tom. <laughs> long tom long silver. Long dong. But it's a thing that's like boom, 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 boom. Oh, cool. But I think there's a bunch of dudes playing it. He's one of the dudes. Oh, okay. I thought it was a drum kit. No, I was, was talking to AJ this morning. I was like, I was like, how did he get that that thing? And and AJ said he thinks he, somebody just called him in like as a um, like a fill in or something. Oh, so I'm thinking it was the, the main drummer. And it was a multi. And then we were thing. like, dude, how do you get the call to fill in for the Grammy like that gig? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I go, you guys like on the busy. first call because nobody says no to that. Like, yeah. Oh, I can't do it. I can't. Well, he's been Grammys. playing with some other really huge South American artists. Yeah. I can't remember who it is, but it might have been like. Yeah, I don't know her name. Game of Telephone from that gig. Okay. Use yeah. this guy. Love that though. Rodriguez. And Jules is the kind of guy that anybody that hears that he's doing that is like super stoked for him and like, ah, oh, Jules. Yeah. Like he, he's the guy. He should do it. We got to get him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I love Jules. Um, so funny. For those of you out there, I had a band called Fallborn and then I have an album called Fallborn and Jules plays on probably 70% of that album and was in the band and go way back him and his bros his brothers yeah i remember asking jules what it was like to play drums in your band because you're such a great <laughs> drummer and was he ever intimidated because anybody else would be i would imagine or or if you wanted him to play a certain part like this way or that way and, and he was just so jules about it he was what just like say? no never even had that thought like, <laughs> don't even care <laughs> that's so funny i just go i just play I just do my thing like, yeah cool man of course yep Jules, is, so great. Jules knows who he is. And I remember, and he's so, he's such a great, he's a great dude, but he also, there's like no ego to Jules about yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, yeah. And that's why it works so well too, because obviously like I care about what the drums are doing so much. Right. So if I just asked him to try this or try that, he'd just be like, cool, I'll try it. Almost to the point where I remember... The more serious we got as a band, the more everybody cared and more everything. Right. And about their parts. And whenever stuff. I would do that, 
there was a point where his brother would start to be like, stop, like oh, let right. him let him figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And it caused like a weird thing, but it was understandable. Kind For of like, sure. Most musicians would be like a little, hey man, this is my thing. This is the way I do it. Yeah. Don't tell me how to do it. I remember asking him and I think he also said, um, he's like, no, was, I like it. I think he said, I yeah, like he said he, he liked it. it. Because sometimes he has ideas that I don't have. And I'm like, that's the perfect example of getting your ego out of the way as a musician and he's serving the song and right that's all he cares about is is the song and that's all anybody should care about the parts that you're playing and that and the song don't worry about what you're doing or how you're doing it or if you want someone to see what you can do that attitude is why he probably got this gig in some one way or another yeah and the fact that he's a great drummer that helps too oh yeah but all things being equal it's like that's what people want is somebody who's there to kind of serve the music and totally the, that's a lesson leading the charge that's a lesson to any musician <clears throat> musician guy out there you know there's a million great guitar players out there there's a million great bass players and drummers and yeah keys and anything it's it's really your attitude and the hang the hang is whatever 80 percent of it you know right 60 percent of the time the hang is 80 <laughs> percent the thing how many percentages <laughs> but 20 percent of it is 10 percent for oh, nine yeah. out of ten of the drummers <laughs> but <laughs> the thing <laughs> there is the one time this is not a diss on jewels but with all that like the most humble like willing to try it thing mm-hmm. and then i made my record murder yesterday and i think all but maybe two songs on that record i recorded the drums with marching bass drum mallets Wait, what? Yeah. So, big old felt balls. Oh, that, okay, I know what you're talking about. I know yeah. I'm thinking of the record. Like, if you listen to the song, the opening track, Reckless. Yeah, yeah. The drums on Reckless, I'm playing with big bass drum mallets. Like The whole thing? Yeah. So, the hi-hats go, instead of like, yeah, yeah. like, there's no hard tip hitting anything. So, mm-hmm. the drums sounded thicker, and like, all I, I like just wanted that aesthetic across most of that record. Yeah. And I remember <laughs> we did some shows and I was like, Jules, so the, the vibe on this record is playing with these mallets and like tuning like this. And he's like, dude. That's a whole different instrument for a I don't want to right? play with those <laughs> <laughs> It was kind of like the same as asking him to wear a Speedo and a helmet or something while drumming. Like he just is like, yeah, that's not even what I... That's like, like asking a guitar player to play with something else than the pick that they're used to or their fingers or like something. Those Tony Levin, like, mallets. Yeah, yeah. Here, this record, you need these. <laughs> Just like, I don't know how to... Yeah, take off three of the strings and play yeah, with, with these gloves on. Like, Oh, yeah, gloves. It's not even a guitar. It's like asking a guitar player to play with gloves. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Yeah, so he, he wasn't into that. <laughs> yeah, I could see that, for sure. But I think he tried it, to his credit. I just think he wasn't didn't want to. Yeah. He wasn't happy. And I was like, well, I want you happy, so we'll figure out how to so, get that same So just same play it sound. wrong, then. I want you to be happy, so play it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just be all passive-aggressive about it. Oh, you can just play it wrong. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the Grammys. Yeah. We got to wrap this up soon. I got to... Um, oh, yeah. I got to get back in the rain. Totally. So, uh... <clears throat> Grammy thoughts. It'll be interesting to... You know what's weird is I haven't really cared or watched them in a long time. I haven't either. The only reason we're talking about it is because... Our buddy that's playing on him. Yeah, it's true. Playing on the show. Now I, I want to watch it. What's funny is some of the the stuff producers think of, such as Dave Grohl and Chick Corea playing together like a few years ago. Oh. That was the weirdest thing. 
I mean, I guess kind of cool. Sort of like, what does chocolate and eggs taste like? <laughs> That's not too crazy. <laughs> I don't know. That's pretty disgusting. Also, oh, you know what we should talk about real quick hmm. is we should do our own version of Shameless Marketing. Okay. Which is the EP oh, that yeah. just came out. We did a really fun songwriting retreat. Been wanting to do them for a long time out at my cabin in Julian. And so brought some friends together, Rebecca Cromey and Enoch Yang and Josh Fita and Corey Clark, one of the best people ever. Woo, he's so great. Yeah. Yeah, great. Wrote some songs, kind of rooted it in a concept and then just wrote the songs one day, recorded them the next day, finished mixing them one day and on another day and then mm-hmm. boom, done and it's out. So it's, if you can search yeah. uh, Broken City Songwriter Retreat. Yep, it's on iTunes and Volume 1. Spotify and all that stuff. But you can search any of our names, mine or Corey's or Enoch's or Josh's or Rebecca's. <laughs> and those are all songs, except for the last one, a little bonus track, which is a song called Let You Win off my last record that's featured in the new Broken City show. But it ended up being a really cool experience to like yeah. cram all that into one thing mm-hmm. one few days in the mountains yeah and the, those limitations are good time the time restrictions yeah on writing sometimes and, and recording too right totally because otherwise you just just beat beat it to death you know it's like if you just boop, 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 i love down. it man it just makes you it helps you just make decisions <clears throat> mm-hmm. from commit. an instinctual level you, yeah, you just commit. commit it's great and unfortunately you missed the cutoff otherwise it would have been nominated graminated for a nami for yeah, sure it would have been graminated yeah. I think so. But then we wouldn't have been able to do this podcast. We'd be at the Grammys, you know? Yeah, who wants to do that? Yeah. This, it's raining, this too. This is what it's about. You don't want to be at the Grammys. It's raining. No. R- got to drive. Wet red carpet. It's yeah. a good name for a band. <laughs> it's hard to say. All right. Until next time, everybody. Sorry we've been gone for a while. We're going to be more consistent. I promise. Pow. Good night. Pow.